Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, where we are dedicated to making you a better tech seller, sharing tried and true sales strategies and answering your questions weekly. What's up, Brian? Hey, hey, Bobby. Here we are, Monday morning again for everybody that's listening as this thing gets released. We are in Series 24. This is Episode 2 of Meeting Prep 2.0. This week, we are going to talk all about the plan for the meeting. Last week, uh, we talked about prepare, all the things that you need to do to prepare. The three big topics we talked about last week was researching the company, researching the meeting participants, and then preparing yourself and your team. Uh, lots of good stuff last week. We ran through some actual real-time demoing, I guess, on a podcast, the best you could do, of, of how we would do the research on the company and the people. And uh, we released some tools as well, or a tool, a checklist for that first part of meeting prep. This week, we're going to talk all about the plan. So we're still not in the meeting yet, but we are creating the plan for the meeting. We're working and preparing our team members. Uh, as part of that plan and making sure that the meeting is going to be most valuable for our teammates and the customer, of course. This week, kind of the high-level themes, uh, we're going to be creating the plan. We're going to make sure we don't over-plan. We're going to kind of have the right level of the plan. And then we're going to talk about how much and how do you practice that plan before the meeting. Um, Brian, anything, any thoughts from last week's podcast and, and anything that you're thinking about this week as it relates to plan? I mean, the research part for me, the the first episode, That's to me, that's the fun part that's learning about the uniqueness of their business, um, how they're performing, any recent news, all that kind of stuff is really interesting. To me, this part, the planning part is just making, you got a great meeting, then let's not screw it up. Let's have a good, let's have a good agenda. Let's have a good, some good discussion points. Let's know who's on base. So uh, while this was a critical part of it, the first episode is my favorite piece, but this is a critical part as well. Yeah, I think that as a sales manager throughout my career, I was always, I guess, honestly disappointed when I would get invited to a meeting or, um, you've, and you figure they're kind of on their A game if they invited me to the meeting, right? And so we're going to a meeting and you get there and, and I've done more preparation just as a as a part-time liaison to this meeting than, than they've done. Um, it's so hard to get these meetings and for us to just not put everything we in, we can into the plan uh, is a little disappointing. So I'm with Brian. The preparing part is pretty fun. That's the cool part, getting to know people, getting to know about their business, getting to know whether or not you have a good target on your hands. This might not be the most fun part, but this is like the critical part. Like without yes. this, you're wasting your time. And, and, and I know how hard it is to get the first meeting or to get invited to that meeting or for a partner to let down their guard and bring you to that meeting. So if you're going to go, golly, at least spend the amount of time you're going to be in the meeting preparing for the meeting. Um, so I'll challenge the listeners. You might be in a train, a bus, a car, whatever you're in getting to work. What does your meeting agenda look like for a meeting? I mean, I would love to be able to be sitting next to you right now and have this conversation and talk about what does your regular, normal cadence look like for a meeting that you have with a customer? Um, do you put together an agenda? I'm kind of one of those people that never printed out the, the, the outline of the agenda and slid it across the table and kind of had it. 
but I, I've been religious about making sure people that went with me knew the three talking points we were going to have, how we were going to introduce each other, who was leading the meeting. You know, I kind of had that plan. We're going to talk a lot about that stuff, but challenge yourself wherever you're at right now. What does your meeting plan look like? What does that agenda look like? Brian, what would you expect your reps, your team members today, not a brand new first customer that, that they, they're, they have a million dollars of, of opportunity with, but a meeting that they were going to have with a customer. They've been a customer of y'all's for a year. It's kind of a follow-up. You wouldn't expect them to wing it, I know. What would you expect them to do from a planning perspective? High level here. We got yeah. the, whole, the whole podcast. Yeah, here. yeah. I mean, I think the uh, the most important thing I want to know, and we're going to get into this in more depth, is what do you want to achieve from this meeting? There's a reason we booked this meeting, right? For an existing customer, we got an hour with the with the existing customer. Like, what what one thing do you want to achieve from this meeting? And so, in that respect, the the next kind of thought process that I have is. I've seen so many opportunities slip through the fingers of sales teams because they didn't plan for a meeting. You know, they weren't ready. They weren't thinking they, they didn't have, they didn't have the right materials. Then they didn't do the right follow up. Right. So, you know, they, they had this year, year later meeting, they got some negative feedback. They, they all shrugged their shoulders. Right. They knew that it was going to be difficult. They didn't follow up in a timely manner. And then during the pipeline review, three months later, me as the sales manager, you know what I heard, Brian? I heard I heard we it slipped again, it slipped again. We got beat, we got outsold, our products are late, you know, all these other excuses of things that didn't happen. But in reality, you know, it goes back to that customer meeting, right? Um, when you get outsold, it truly starts in those customer meetings. And they were more prepared than us, or we we didn't do what we could have done to to listen to that customer and go forth and prosper as it relates to that opportunity and that customer. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things, especially on a, on a new customer acquisition or a new product that you're trying to grow with an existing customer. There's so many things you can learn and some brief discoveries that you can do and understanding the buying criteria and who are the decision makers and which people are dissenters, you know, which people are not supporting your product, but supporting the other ones. And if you go there and quote unquote wing the meeting, that's how you lose. No doubt. And I guess my biggest, before we start, I'll share my biggest pet peeve, and that, that is one where people go to a meeting and they walk out of that meeting and they say, well, there's just no opportunity here. I'm moving on. Um, I I think anybody that wants to meet with you, there is an opportunity. Now, I'm not I'm not stupid. You know, if they just bought my competitor's product, then I'm, I probably don't have any near-term opportunity, especially if I'm a one-product company. But let's assume that they... they they're going to have a renewal for that thing, right? Like I smell that opportunity. I try to document that opportunity. I try to keep track of, of what that is. I just was coaching a customer this past week and they kind of were in a similar situation. And I said, well, use it to your advantage. Make sure that that product works. Ask them for a follow-up in 90 days. What if that what if that deployment goes horribly wrong and they have to scrap it and they have to start all over or the integration isn't quite as good as the, the other partner said it was like use it. You never know. I've, I've won some deals back, right? Or financing doesn't go through COVID comes out and they put the project on hold. They never signed the PO. I mean, there's all kinds of things that could go wrong. It's all happened to me. So I know it could happen to them. Um, and I put myself in that, that seat that says, okay, I'm not going to give up now. I'm not going to spend the same level of effort I was before, but I'm going to have still a plan and a cadence with that, that prospect to try and find a way to turn that opportunity into my opportunity or to go back and win. So 
if you if you're if you're a sales rep today and you go to a meeting and you just say, oh, there's no opportunity there, I'm moving on. I would challenge you to call me or send me an email, talk me through the conversation that you had, the landscape of the opportunities that you don't see, uh, and we'll find a way for you to put something in your your CRM tool and go forward. Okay, so let's jump into the podcast this week. There's three big topics again, creating the meeting plan, what's the right level of planning, and how should you practice the plan, or should you practice the plan? We'll talk about some of that as well. So creating the meeting plan. Again, I, I get it. Everybody's up. Everybody's goal in a meeting, and Brian, you said you want you want your team to have that one goal is to find opportunities. Obviously, find opportunities for ourselves. Hopefully, help our partners finding those opportunities. But finding a way for us to generate some revenue for our company or companies uh, and create some commission, no question. But most meetings don't probably start with the home run opportunity, right, Brian? Like, sure, we, we've had a, many of these conversations. But there's we're looking to create a lot of other things or find a lot of other things as part of this plan. If this is a fairly new prospect or customer, we've maybe met once or twice. We kind of know the landscape of what they're doing, who the incumbents are, what how how and what they do with partners and or our ecosystem. There's a lot of things that I want to accomplish to kind of continue to build that relationship that uh, aren't necessarily just revenue generating opportunities. I know we've talked about this a long, long time ago, Brian, but what, what are some of your thoughts as it relates to uncovering things that aren't opportunities that we would load in our CRM tool? Yeah, it could be any number of things. Let's say it's a existing customer. You could be looking to uh, get a referral from them. Uh, you could look for getting the introduction into a new business unit. Maybe you've been kind of stuck in IT for a long time and you're trying to get into the operations side to you know uncover some new needs out in that, in that part of the business. Um, maybe you have a new product line. Maybe they own your core product and you've expanded the product and you want to introduce them into what that, that new product can do and how it can tie into their business and solve some uh, challenges they might have. Yeah, I mean, this this could be a really long list. Uh, obviously, you're going to have an executive come to town. You could just seek to understand how, how important would that be to them to meet your leadership team. Obviously, that varies beyond customer and each customer, but some customers really like that. They, they really enjoy meeting your executives and, and having that conversation and being their peer. Um, I guarantee you a specialist team wants to meet with this customer. So your your support team, your server team, your storage team, whatever teams you have, they want to meet that partner. Maybe it's time to introduce a partner. Go ahead. Yeah. Brian. Yeah. If it's a new customer, it's or a potentially new customer, prospective customer, then it's it's you want to understand, like, let's say, you know, there's a project coming on. It's a, it's a great opportunity to understand their evaluation plan, you know, how they decide to go through this buying process. Who's going to be a key decision maker in this process? Are there any early supporters, any early detractors in the process? So just kind of understanding the core process, which again goes back to your earlier point, Bobby, about just how you win or lose. It's by understanding the process and then adjusting it to, to put yourself in a more advantageous position. Well, as you bring that up, I'm thinking, okay, I just lost. We just got told we are losing and we're in this meeting and or we're going to have that meeting to be told we're lost. And uh, it's a great opportunity to talk about why they chose that other team. How did you go through that process? What was the decision? You might not have had access to power. How did they get access to power? There's just a myriad of opportunities to talk about things that aren't revenue generating opportunities. 
Yeah, what if there was a misunderstanding? What if they thought your price was X or if they thought your capabilities were Y? It could be an opportunity to to get back into the opportunity. And I probably have had less than a 5% success rate flipping any of those conversations and winning the deal, but I have had sure. 5%, right? Like I have won those opportunities. They have most of the time when I have flipped those deals, the customer has had to bear a heavy burden because they've already told the other people they've won. You're always being told you lost second. The winner's always been told first. Um, and that's a pretty big burden to bear for the customer uh, because they have their own their own egos and their own uh, trust that they want to maintain with those those partners. But it is possible, and, and you need to ask those questions. You need to understand for sure um, but the list could go on and on, and these need to be part of your plan, right? So we're talking about creating this meeting plan. You can't wing these things. I, I, I kid, but the reality is it took me decades to get to where I could even think through all these things and prepare. If you're new to sales, uh, you definitely need to go download our tools, techsalesshow.com slash tools. Use our checklists. Make sure you're prepared for these meetings. Make sure you're creating a good plan and that you're sharing that plan with your team. There, this is probably more about goals than it is pipeline creation uh, as it, as you are trying to prepare or plan, I should say plan for this. And so what about an org chart, Brian? What about, as you said, a, a referral or introduction to a business unit? Those things can't just ad hocly come up. They're never going to volunteer those things. You're going to yeah. have to put together a plan to ask and then probably ask again. Uh, but it will it will pay dividends in the long run for sure. So what's the right level of planning? I would bet that people would argue this one with me forever uh, or debate this one with me. But it goes back to my style of saying, look, these meetings are hard to get. If you're if you're not just a big breath rep with hundreds of accounts, every meeting is a precious conversation that you should take advantage of. We, we've, we've talked about this one in the past quite a bit too, Brian, but what, what is your, what's your natural gut instinct say that the right level of planning is? Well, for, let's say, a new customer meeting, and this is, take this out of context of this is not a customer you're about to demo to for the second time or for the first time. Like, this is just a new new customer or prospect meeting that you've not had uh, a relationship with so far. I'd say that it's a minimum an hour. If you're if you're a week before, it's a minimum of one hour. I mean, we, we talked last week about doing the research and how much how much time it took for us to get, you know, the background of their financials, uh, the background of their goals and initiatives about us, the background of the people, that was 20 minutes tops. So I would mm-hmm. say, I would say for like this part of the meeting, if you got it next week, it's, you're talking about, you know, half an hour, one hour minimum. Yeah. I would say my rule of thumb would be at least the, the time that you have the meeting scheduled for. Right. So if it's a yep. 30 minute meeting, you should be preparing 30 minutes. If it's a hour long meeting, you should prepare for an hour. Um, Kind of obviously, there's a tipping point where if it's a three day briefing, you're probably not going to spend three days to prepare. But I would bet that everybody involved collectively would spend sure. three days to prepare. Um, I think I think you got to hold yourself accountable to something. And if if you need a number, then I would say my rule of thumb is that you spend this, the amount of time that you're going to prepare or have the meeting you, you need to be preparing that much as well. Obviously, if it's like Brian said, a brand new prospect is a lot. I think what what I see the shortcoming of meeting plans coming together is the ones that are existing customers, right? My, I guess my pet peeve, and maybe I have too many pet peeves, but one of my pet peeves when I was at EMC was 
many, many specialty teams from backup to different types of storage to software to appliances to all these different widgets that we, we had in our in our data center's toolkit. And these people always wanted to come to meetings, but they never wanted to prepare. They just wanted to come in. And then they had this like little playbook of how, many, how are you using my product? How could you use more of it? And when's your renewal? I'll, I'll forgo your maintenance and, and upgrade you. Yeah. And I think this is where this is where you can add some time to it. This is where it becomes more challenging for those that are work, working in kind of a matrix organization because you do need to set up briefing calls with these people to to give them the background of the customer, especially if they're new to your team or new to the to the region. They need to understand the context behind why this meeting was even set up in the first place uh, before they walk in trying to you know spew their excuse. Yeah, and so they would they would come in and spew their skews, or they would say, "Look, I ain't got time. I got so many meetings. Why don't you see if they want me to come talk to them, and I'll come talk to them." You know, that we're not that special as salespeople. Like, I'm never gonna say, you know, "Hey, Directv, why don't you come talk to me and sell me some of your stuff?" Like, it's just not gonna happen. And neither are customers gonna do that with you. Um, and I don't care if you didn't get paid on the commission for the last kit that they bought. It, it's your product. It's our company. We got to show that. And so we need to go check in on current current state and then figure out how we can go sell more of it. And that's those teams. So they need to prepare. And it was always frustrating they wouldn't prepare. Uh, or they would just want to meet in the coffee shop before. We know that 30 minutes before. And they want to they want to cram in everything. And then they want to own the whole meeting. So it is it is essential that in these recurring meetings with customers that you do business with that you have a plan i mean we can't just keep doing the same thing we've been doing for the last decade and expect to grow our footprint their ergonomic growth does not mean that we're selling more stuff they're just growing like how do we come up with a plan how do their exec one of their executives coming to town what kind of briefings do they have what kind of corporate stuff do they have we should be able to find a way to use those people on our team to grow the opportunity within that customer. So while it might be a brand new prospect, we should spend a lot of time. I, I think you still need to spend a quality amount of time if it's a recurring meeting with an existing customer. And maybe my rule of thumb would get cut in half there where if it's an hour-long meeting, maybe you spend 30 minutes, but you got to spend it with the people that are going to participate. Agreed. So... uh there is a level of over planning and I think I've seen this with new reps throughout my career. The new rep comes on the team, they get a list of customers and they stay in their cube and they plan and they plan and they plan and they plan and they plan. plan, Right. So, uh, it's pretty much you as a sales rep, your job is to be in front of customers, not just to sit around and plan. So you could over plan, don't over plan, set the meeting, Spend no more than the, the time that you have in that meeting to plan and then go get that meeting. Brian, let's talk through a level of planning we would really do for our next meeting. Um, let's we got we were talking about three types of customers, new yep. prospect, recurring customer, executive briefing or, or visit. You pick one and let's go through kind of a real time, not the whole hour that we would prepare, but a real time example of what we would do. Yeah, let's do it. So um, for a new customer meeting, uh, for me, the things I'm thinking about are what customers do we have that are similar in their industry, right? Uh, now I'm doing some of the stuff I'm doing uh, on the previous, kind of what we talked about in episode one, but uh, I'm going to spend about an hour working through like who are the similar customers in case they ask me, you know, who, you know, do you work with so-and-so or what other credit unions do you have a relationship with? Um, I want to have that kind of ready to go. Uh, I want to know, you know, what we talked about before, like what is the core thing that we want to get out of this? Is this understanding the evaluation plan? 
okay, well, what if they say the evaluation plan is to make a selection uh, next month and uh, they're going to go through a demo process and they don't have discovery plans? How are we going to position discovery in this in this process? How are we going to add that in? If they have a goal to go live in November, but we know that's not possible, we, we kind of caught word through the grapevine that, we, you know, and we need to get them live in January so that we can be successful too. You know, how do we object to that and help them understand that going 1-1 you know, on a go live is more advantageous than an 11-1 go live. So it's just kind of breaking down what are the anticipated challenges that we see in in their engagement plan, their evaluation plan, and then how we can, uh, you know, object in, in a way that's both professional and adds value to their engagement process. Great. And I would do a lot of the similar things. You covered most of the product and the, the solution, kind of what we're going to bring to bear. I think I would be thinking about, you know, more planning with my team to say, okay, we're going to uncover what they're doing with our comp- competition. Assuming we're not selling to this customer, what are they doing with our competition? What are the things they do or don't like about our competition? And then we're going to come out of this meeting. We're going to be thinking. We're going to, next week's all about follow up, but we're going to be thinking in this plan about how do we get to continuously engage with this customer. We're going to talk about how how we could help them grow their business. I don't know. You know, pre-meeting, we might not really know that, but I'm going to have that kind of as a theme in the background. Like, what is that product, the competitor doing, that we're able to do better of and help them grow? Um, what's one thing they don't know about us that we can help them with? Um, I think there was always this this theme or thought process when we were at Microsoft that we kind of sold Windows and Office, and we always had a new line coming. And I would I enjoyed going to a customer meeting, kind of asking them when we first introduced Link to the to the envir- to the customer or Microsoft communicator. You know, how are you currently using your phones today? Why is a Microsoft rep asking me about my phone system? Right. It was a great opportunity to kind of start a whole new dialogue, get an introduction to someone completely different in the organization, and start a conversation that would would maybe bring me back to the Windows and Office conversation. I think engagement's key with these customers. So I'm going in with a plan of making sure I have my next meeting. It's probably going to be with a new prospect like this, a lunch, get a team together, kind of kind of do a lunch and learn of some sort, something to make sure we have some next, next steps engagement. I might invite them to an event that's going to be part of my plan. I might be not be the one that invites. I might ask that specialist or that partner to invite, but it's going to be clearly part of my plan. Um, and then any other little topics like that have to be, planned for and set up that those things could be part of a new meeting could be part of that recurring meeting um a little bit about a briefing brian uh i know we probably all have horror stories but what would what would your de facto minimums be if you were going to take a customer and a virtual team of people to a briefing center uh how many phone calls would you have how much prep would you do um not in minutes or days or hours but you know what what are your what are your what are your gotchas that you're making sure you're covering before you go to that briefing or that executive visit? Well, I mean, the way you have to look at these is it's not, it's, it's, uh, while it's going to be incredibly impactful for your opportunity, it could be also be very negative for your career. <laughs> so this is one of those really challenging ones to where you're, you're, what did I say? You're getting a little close to the sun, um, yep. in these executive briefings. So you've got to be really well prepared for it. I mean, for, for me and for my team, it's a minimum of four hours worth of work to get ready. That's, and, and it's a lot of vetting the agenda. Like there's nothing worse than having eight people fly into a city that they don't live in and spend, you know, two or three days and then completely object to the agenda or say, this is not relevant. Why are we covering this? Meanwhile, you have executives that have 
taking time out of their day on on your company's side uh, to come speak to them. And it just shows that you're not a very organized person. Not to mention, it's not hitting the mark with the customer. Yeah, I think that's the two big ones in my head is one, making sure the customer's bought into the agenda. And, and that's a little scary because you're wanting to sell them new product and they're going to say they don't want to hear it. So you got to kind of learn how to balance some of that conversation or that prep and planning. And then the people that you're going to have speak, even executives, they have an agenda and they want to push their wares and, that, and the solutions that they're going to get paid on. The higher up they go, the less they're going to be singly, singularly focused. But I have had literally people in briefings say the exact opposite thing that we agreed they were going to say just so they could sell something. Um, and what did it hurt them? I mean, they, they, they're they going to see this customer once and they moved on. Um, shame on them. It probably hurt their career, not mine. But you, you got to plan for those bigger meetings as well and make sure people are bought in and are going to say and do the right things. But most importantly, that the customer is going to get value out of it uh, or you wasted your time. And, and most companies have a briefing sheet for this. If, if you don't, make your own. Make one that has you know who are the key players, what are their titles, what is important to them, what are some nuances about the business that they should know. You know maybe they call their uh, employees something different, or maybe they call their retail location something different. You know, those of you that have worked in retail know that whether they call them stores or whatever they call them, it's important to them. It's a very intentional decision they made. And if you go through the entire day and call it, you know, whatever, something other than what they call it, it just shows that you don't understand their business and your executives don't understand their business. So those details matter. No doubt. One that jumped in my head just then was HEB. It's a grocery store in Houston or Texas, kind of the Texas area. It's growing rapidly. Rave, rave reviews. They call all of their, what we mostly call employees, they call them partners. They're all shareholders. Every, every quote unquote partner at HEB has a stake in the company, albeit maybe small in some cases, but they are bought into their company's vision and they are partners and they're everywhere in their business. It says partners only. It doesn't say employees only. It says partners only and is a big, big, big deal to them. So if you had them come to a briefing and you called their people employees, they would know you did not know their business. All right. So how much should we practice? And then we'll wrap up. And, and maybe should we practice? My answer to that's hell yeah, you, you should practice. And part of this time that you're spending uh, to build this plan is, is that you should be practicing. Now, this isn't a full dry run in every case. I think for that new customer meeting, Brian and I would agree that you need to do a full dry run. You need to run through the deck. You need to challenge some things that are said during that presentation. You need to make sure your specialist goes through their entire demo, that their demo environment's completely set up. I mean, you get one shot at this, don't screw it up. And, and we've probably all seen demos go go terribly wrong. And I think this scales, Bobby. I think the practice piece, you know, not to mention with a couple decades worth of experience in sales, like you, you, this becomes very quick. Uh, you've got the agenda put together. But there is certainly when you're joining a new company or if you're at a new role in the same company, there is that part of the job to where you're learning how to, maybe you're demoing the product. You know, maybe you're a salesperson that, that has to also demo their product or at least does do an intro demo. There's a lot of work that goes in and in getting prepared for that. Some people put in the work and so they know multiple scenarios right off the bat and they're kind of ready to go. And some people kind of wait for customer meetings. In that case, it's not scaling for them. So this is where, you know, for your first six months on the job, learning the new pitch deck you know, learning like both the slide version of the pitch deck and the verbal, you know, how many times have you shown up to a meeting and there's no projector, even though they said there's going to be a projector and you show up and you're sitting on someone's office and that, that pitch deck that was 
you know, you, you, you did so much work getting ready for it and you can't even project it. And yep. you're sitting there in front of them, right? And like you have these, you know, 10 key points that are in this slide deck and the speaker notes that you don't have committed to memory. Um, so I kind of having a verbal version of this and a PowerPoint version of this and then, and then demo too, if that's your, if that's part of what you do. You mean the conference room that the customer booked might be like occupied and running yeah. over from the last meeting? Yeah. Or the so, internet doesn't work or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So a little food for thought as you talk about this practice. Is it is it surprising at all that the number one rep that's at your company or on your team kind of knows what their customer needs and wants, works hard all the time, kind of is, is always engaged with the partners? It's, but it's not because they're lucky. It's not because they have the best accounts. It's because they plan and practice. And you got to start planning and practice. Really challenge yourself. Do we prepare? Do we plan? Do we practice for these meetings? And if you don't, I think injecting that into a lot bigger part of your game would go a long way. The big the big wrap for today is that follow-up also starts here. Next week, we're going to talk about how to follow up well, how to continue to engage, how to create opportunities, uh, and think through it for sure. Brian, anything else to add? Uh, not from my side. Okay. So... With that, let's wrap up this week. Uh, you've, you've, you've been able to prepare. Last week we walked you through preparing. This week you're planning with yourself and your team and you're making sure you're not only uncovering opportunities but you're coming up with other things that you want to do in that meeting like get an org chart, figure out who the comp- competition is, what they like, what they don't like, etc. Great reps put time into this. Average reps do not put time into this for sure. We don't want to over plan. We don't want to spend six months planning and miss numbers for two quarters before we get out in the field. But we want to, we also want to make sure we're doing the right level of planning. And I'll challenge you to go check out this week's tool. It's going to be a meeting execution kit so that you can figure out more about attendees, goals, agendas, desired outcomes, and things that you and your partners and specialists want to learn. Brian, as we wrap, last call, anything to add? I, you know, we talked about this uh, all the time, Bobby, but you spent so much work either acquiring this customer or setting up this meeting. Isn't it worth just an hour or two of preparation? No doubt. Don't forget, average is the enemy. Don't be average. Average sucks, people. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Subscribe to our email list at www.techsaleshow.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tech Sales Show. Until next week, average is the enemy.